And now, a guy who when the Publix Deli asked how he wanted his Cuban, he said, and rolled, please, J.P. Shadrick. Welcome in Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier coming up. We've got a busy show today. Every Wednesday we always do. It's the Jaguars Titans preview this week, or as Fred Taylor told me earlier today, it's Titan Tate week. He still hates that team. <laughs> Offense spreading the wealth. Timely defensive plays last week. Uh, uniform unveiling, as always, on Wednesday. Jimmy Luck, the head equipment manager, joins us, and he'll unveil what the Jags will wear on the road this Sunday. We're going to play... Big game Jaguar once again, where we will pick a Jaguar to have a big game on Sunday. We'll uh, touch around the league after week one as well. Uh, Bucky Brooks, John Ozier with us now. Bucky, what's going on out in California? Man, excited. 1-0, getting ready to see the Jaguars take on another division opponent. Could be a great start for the Jags. John, it's Titans hate week. Did you hear it? Yeah, interesting story in that regard, JP. I can remember interviewing Fred in, the, in what was the media lobby. It's still the media lobby where uh, Gus used to do his pressers down in that old room. And this was before 99, JP. This was after 98, so after Fred's rookie season. And the Jags had lost a game up. I think they were still in Memphis, Tennessee. And this was probably March or April. I, I was getting ready to do a big story on Fred's second year. He was kind of becoming a star. And I remember him sitting there talking about that loss in Memphis, already sort of hating Tennessee and said, you know what, they won. I just can't give him credit for it. So it goes back even before that threesome in 99. It runs deep for Fred. It never goes away, Bucky, right? I mean, nah. I don't know about you. I don't know if you have that, that level of uh, Tennessee hate being a former Jag. Uh, I mean, look, I, I certainly don't like any division rivals. And so when you think about the Tennessee Titans, who were the Houston Oilers when I was playing in Jacksonville, yeah, that's not a lot of love lost. You want to own and dominate the division. And so this is an opportunity for the Jags to kind of put a, a vice grip on a division, something that I don't think many of us thought would be possible. And JP, right, let's if I could uh, add get one into, thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, Bucky actually played in a game it could have some similarities to this in the old Astrodome in 96, late 96, when I think there were 20,000 fans that day, where yeah. it was eerie how quiet it was. To me, that's the closest thing I've ever been involved with to something like what we're seeing now with 10 or 15,000 fans. It was quiet. You could hear all the signals. It was much like what this week's games are. Absolutely. It's a different, surreal scene. We'll, uh, we'll find out this Sunday what it feels like in Nashville at Nissan Stadium. No fans in attendance this week. Uh, we'll get to this game coming up, but let's touch briefly on last week. Um, you know, a, a Bucky, a great team win. We talked about it in the postgame radio show that, you know, Doug Marone in the week prior to the game really liked this team's ability, he thought at least, to handle adversity, and boy did they have some in the game, especially early. The opening drive right down the field, a touchdown, and the second drive, they're knocking on the door again, but a fourth down stop kind of stymies them there. They get some big-time defensive plays, set up some short fields, Gardner Minshew hits his targets, and all of a sudden, the Jags come away with a big all-around team victory. I think that's the best way to describe last week. 
That is the best way to describe it. Uh, great teams are able to play complementary football. The offense, the defense, the special teams work together. Looking at those stats, two things stand out. The two takeaways uh, are big. That's the biggest determining factor, deciding factor in football. And then four, third down conversion, the ability to get off the field on third down. The Jags were able to do that. That's why they walked out of the stadium with the win. Yeah, John, it was um, it was one of those where you you heard Doug in the post game. They they didn't fold up and go home when things got bad. And I th I think he just likes the character of the group he has in that locker room, and it and it showed and it made him it made him right on Sunday. Yeah, I'll give him a lot of credit. He wanted his guys clearly. He he's not going to say this, but there were some guys who left that I think make this a better locker room. Uh, I don't think that's why they did it, but whatever happened happened. He talked all leading up to that week about the resiliency, and you sort of rolled your eyes because you thought, how, how resilient can a young team be? They came back from four deficits, 7-0, 14-7, 17-14, 20-17, and they played awful for about 13 minutes to where everybody watching it thought, this one's over. They're, you know, I don't know if they're tanking, but you sure thought they were going to be in the Trevor conversation. And they never quit. From what I've heard on the sidelines, the communication was incredible. Guys pumping each other up. And again, I know a lot of jaded NFL people roll their eyes and say, ah, it's all about talent. And I'm sort of one of those guys. But this is a team that clearly on Sunday pulled together, I would guess, better than the last two Jaguars teams. Yeah, good start, for sure. Um, let, let's start on offense with this uh, with this team right now obviously last week Gardner Minshew spread the wealth he was 19 of 20 first of all not a lot of deep shots downfield um, but he spread the ball out too Bucky 10 different guys made catches for the Jaguars on Sunday that tells you a little bit about the depth that's running around that they think they have and uh, he's going to hit the open guy and everybody on this offense can contribute in a different way yeah that's really scary when you think about preparing for a team when you look at the hit sheet and you see 10 different receivers that have receptions, that makes it hard for the defense coordinator to figure out, hey, who should we really focus on? Who should we take away? For me, it also tells me that Garner Minshew is just going to throw the ball to the open guy. He is not locked in on a particular player. When he sees someone comes open, he is going to get them the ball. It takes a lot of trust with uh, the quarterback and his wide receivers to be able to do that, but I think that speaks volumes to Garner Minshew's leadership ability. How about Gardner today, John? What did you take from the quarterback's conversation after the win? You know, not much. I mean, I, I love Gardner. He's his personality. But if you really watch his press conferences, he doesn't give away very much. He's sort of this flamboyant guy with the hair, and you love his commercials. But he's also very much a football guy. And when he gets in front of the media, he gives very pat answers when it comes to even himself, he doesn't want to give anything away. Mm -hmm. The only concern I had on Sunday was when you're 19 of 20 and you have 173 yards, you haven't gone downfield a whole lot. I know he can throw the deep ball. I still, kind of, I still wonder a little bit at his ability to throw into coverage and make big, big plays, but I don't think it's what they're asking him to do. So I don't know how Bucky feels about that. I got the feeling the Colts took away a lot of what they thought he would do well and Gardner stuck to what was there. That work, I think that's the thing to watch for going forward with him. When he has to make throws that he doesn't love, what's that going to be? 
Yeah, John, you, you speak to something that's really important because the way the Indianapolis Colts played them, they didn't have any film on Garner Minshew and Jay Gruden's offense. The Tennessee Titans will have film, and they'll make adjustments, and they will try to take away some of the sweet stuff that he enjoyed, the quick game, some of the screen game, some of the movement passes that he was able to connect on. They're going to focus on taking that away, and they may force him to push the ball down the field to see if he has enough arm strength to be able to get it done. In the first half of the game, he had a running game to, to really get him going, too. James Robinson stepped in. He was my pick, by the way, for big game Jaguar last week, and he came through with a solid first half. He didn't run the ball uh, all that much and all that effectively in the second half. So Robinson's debut was, was really good. Uh, LaVisca Chenault comes in and, and is lining up everywhere and, and showing a bunch of things. As you said, Bucky, putting things on tape. Now defensive coordinators have to think about those two guys especially and what you know where LaVisca is going to be, where is he going in motion, and what does that open up on the offense? That's a lot to think about. It is a lot to think about. And LaVisca, you know, we, we knew he had an opportunity to be a big-time playmaker for this team. What he did at Colorado, we saw him do in that debut performance. I think the big thing is James Robinson. There were a lot of unknown uh, factors and opinion on James Robinson because we hadn't really seen him. Undrafted free agent, Illinois State didn't know what he was going to bring. 90 scrimmage yards on 17 touches. That's big time. Didn't get the running game going in the second half. We need to see more, but he certainly proved that he is at least a serviceable starter at this point. He stepped right in, John, and, and didn't miss a beat off the opening opening drive. There they are in eye formation. Here goes James. Yeah, I thought he was really big early. Not necessarily getting him point, but giving him some confidence and some footing. When the Colts offense was sort of just drumming down the field and making it look easy, there was this feeling of, uh-oh. But then when you thought back to the first drive, the one that got killed by the Linder penalty that uh, Jay Gruden said today he really didn't see, so let's get out that let's get that out there. But Robinson had run enough and well enough that it, I think it gave the team a little confidence of, okay, it's not going well yet defensively, but we've got something we can hang our hat on. I'm wondering to hear from Bucky, how much of the second half was just the Colts taking that away? Was there a concern with him not being able to run? I've always thought that basically as the offensive line goes, the running back can go. I don't think teams really find out about a running back. But how much of that was that, Buck? Yeah, I think a lot of it was that, John. Coming into the game, because James Robinson is an unknown commodity, you basically dare the Jacksonville Jaguars to make them beat you with the undrafted free agent running back. And so early in the game, he showed that he could run a little bit, picked up 61 yards. They say, okay, we need to slow down the running game. Let's put this game back on Garner Minshew's shoulders, which is what they did. They took him away. I think the big thing for the Jaguars Heading into week two, how much more can they evolve this offense? We saw the, the basics. We saw them do the screen game and the quick game, and we saw the running game. What can they do to add an, an element, a dimension, when Tennessee Titans know what they're facing this week? Let's uh, get to a little bit of the preview of the Titans' defense. How much of a difference is Jadavian Clowney in Nashville, Bucky? Ooh, I mean, he potentially could be a huge difference maker. And I think what we have to do is we got to get out of our head what Javian Clowney was at South Carolina because he's not really that guy. What he is, an explosive, disruptive, edge defender who is best against the run more so than the pass. He's athletic. He's going to slip through gaps. 
he takes chances, but man, when he when he guesses right, he blows up plays in the backfield. They're looking for Jadavian Clowney to give them a handful of disruptive plays that puts the Jags behind the chains and allows their pass rushers to hunt. Garner Minshew knowing that he doesn't have the run threat. Yeah, John, you and I were at the, the Pro Day in, in South Carolina. That was a long time ago now, 2014, right, John? Wow. Uh, I think so. It's been a long time. I, I you know, <laughs> with Jadavion, I'm not sure why he's not a better sack numbers guy, but as somebody who's followed this for a long time, I actually have more respect as a player for a guy who can do what Clowney does. I think he sets up, as Bucky said, you know, in order for most teams to rush the passer, or most players to rush the passer, you need to be in obvious passing situations. Get him behind the chains, as Bucky said. That's what Clowney does. Three or four times a game, you look up, and it's second and 11 because of a play he made. That helps the defense so much more than stats. Doesn't necessarily get you paid, but it certainly helps your team. It does help your um, team. Jay Gruden did that. Sure. Yeah, go ahead, Bucky. Sorry. Um, no, so, that, Jay Gruden did. Jay Gruden today uh, mentioned when he was asked about this defense and watching tape that he was not able to sleep except for about an hour looking at all the blitz concepts from last year on this group. Um, what do they do so well in that department, Bucky, and some other guys that stand out on this Titans defense? Look, man, they are a very, very physical team. The first thing that steps, stands out to me when I look at them, they are a physical team. They want to bring it to you. They want to make sure that uh, they make it a fist fight in a phone booth. Up front, Simmons is the guy that you have to watch. Jeremy Simmons is a guy that coming out of Mississippi State, he was a dominant player, arguably one of the best players, if not the best defensive player in that draft. He is a guy that is disruptive at the point of attack. And so if he gets going, it really sets the table for the rest of the guys. Rashad Evans was thrown out of the game on Monday. But that linebacker from Alabama, sideline to sideline, menace. He's tough and physical. And then in the back end, Kenny Vaccaro, Kevin Byard, guys that can pick off passes and do a bunch of different things. They are a very dynamic defense. They give you a bunch of different looks. Garner Mitchell is going to have to be on his P's and Q's to be able to understand and anticipate what they're doing to him. Yeah, uh, John, we've seen uh, that back end uh, pick off some Jaguars passes over the years here. And, you know, it's just it feels like and we're going to get to this on the offensive side uh, for Tennessee and the Jags defense, but it's always that kind of physical type of football game. It really has that feel again, John. Well, to me, the Titans are what you want to be on defense. I don't know that they have an out-and-out superstar, but at every level they've got guys who can really play. I think for them, uh, Jackson being out this week is a little bit of a concern. It keeps their secondary very young. The question is, you know, can the Jaguars run well enough to get in some good situations and take advantage of that secondary. If they can't run early, then all of a sudden they're in obvious passing situations and have trouble getting to the secondary. But, you know, the Jaguars want to be a physical team this year. Uh, Jay Gruden said it again today on the conference call. They want to be able to run. They want to depend on their offensive line. They want to control things offensively. It's what, it's what Tennessee wants to do. To me, this is a bigger challenge for the Jaguars offense, certainly, than the Colts were last week. All right, so the matchup coming up this Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern time in Nashville, the Jags and the Titans. Uh, we'll come back and get on to the Jaguars' defense, what they did last week well, how they match up and defend Derrick Henry. That has been an issue, certainly, in the recent history of this series. 
We'll break it all down coming up, and we can't wait to be Duval together again. The Jags are taking every precaution to keep fans safe at the bank this fall, from cashless concessions to contactless entry. Visit jaguars.com stadium and learn more, and tickets are available in pods for the Thursday night football game. That's next week as the Dolphins head north on I-95. Visit jaguars.com tickets for more. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Wednesday presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. Slot right, move 42, hot, hot. A great quarterback is a true leader with a work ethic that never wavers and a desire to win that is second to none. We know a truck like that. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling truck 43 years straight. With impressive towing and payload, Ford F-150 makes tough jobs look easy. Visit your local Ford dealer for great offers on F-150, official truck of the NFL. Based on 1977 to 2019 calendar year total sales. Jacksonville Jaguars have launched an organization-wide commitment to voter education organized by players and coaches and designed to encourage fans to get in the game with a call for civic engagement. The Jags are calling for fans in Florida to register to vote by the October 5th deadline. Visit jaguars.com vote as a resource for voter registration and key deadlines this fall. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Wednesday, presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier in Jacksonville from our home studios. Bucky Brooks out on the West Coast at his home studio. Glad you're along with us today. The uh, Jaguars defense last week had some uh, big-time plays. They gave up some yardage, right? But in key moments of the game, made big plays. The fourth down stop early really kind of slowed things down uh, when it could have gotten away from them early. The two interceptions later in the game, the Jags scored 10 points off those turnovers in a seven-point uh, final. So uh, those are obviously huge. Uh, and we saw the debut of the, the new-look linebacker core, and both of those guys played very well. So, Bucky, there was a lot of positive. I know there was some yardage, but there was a lot of positives that came out of Sunday's game on the defensive side. Yeah, a lot of positives, JP. Very impressed with the defense. Not necessarily in terms of the amount of yards surrendered, but two things popped to me. Uh, their effort and their physicality. This is a team that played hard. Uh, whenever the play ended, I saw 11 guys running to the football, meeting at the ball, and they tackled very, very well for their first game out. 
I think the guy who led the team in tackles doesn't get enough credit for what he can add to this defense, Josh Jones. Look, being able to get him, smart, tough, physical player, gives them a third-level defender that can thump. I think he's a key addition. And this week, he's really going to be needed because they're going to need him to be involved in the run game because they have to get the big fella down. I'd say so. We'll uh, get to Derrick Henry coming up. John, it, it, him, the addition of Jones, and then Joe Schobert stepped in, and that gave Miles an opportunity to slide over, and you saw that second level for the Jaguars' defense really step up and play well. Yeah, I thought Schobert maybe made the most interesting and important point after the game when he talked about what happened early, and he said, you know, they just hadn't hit. They hadn't done anything since December. They had a light training camp. And as a result, it just sort of looked, you know, frankly, soft early. The good news is, and, and the hope that you kind of grasp onto, is that they got so much better after that. And I thought they were, after the Avery Jones stop, it was a defense that, you know, the yards evened out after that. And I thought they were the best team in the field after that. Um, Josh Jones, Schobert, and Miles Jack. And I'm going to consider Miles Jack a new player because he's in a new position, so it's dramatically different. Improving those three spots, I talked last week about this defense maybe not being dominant against the run, but better because they allowed fewer breakout plays. That's going to be tested this week, because guess what, JP? Derrick Henry's <laughs> still running from a few breakout plays the last couple of years, so he's harder to stop than most backs once he gets into that back seven, but that will be tested this week. Even as bad as it was the last couple of years in Tennessee, if you keep 99 and 74-yard runs to 10, we're not talking about the disaster that was the run defense. Stop the big plays. You know, yeah, John, big play, Titans offense. Yeah, John, it's funny that you talked about it because what you described is exactly what Dick Jerron used to talk about years ago. If you're going to be a top defense, you have to be strong right down the middle in any sport. And so when you think about being good at defensive tackle, Mike linebacker, and safety. You have to have playmakers at each of those spots to be a good defense. Right now, we've seen the Jaguars get solid contributions from the players at those spots. Derrick Henry has scored 10 total touchdowns against the Jaguars all time. One of those a reception, nine of those on the ground. The average yardage of those 10 touchdowns, guys, 34.3 yards. And that includes a 66-yard reception on a little screen in 2017 and then those big runs of 99, 54, and 74. And a lot of those are when he gets outside, though. I know we're talking about being strong up the middle, but when Henry at six foot nine, 280 or whatever he is, gets out <laughs> on a cornerback, Bucky, that's not fair. No, it's, it's definitely not fair. And so this is a game where in the first meeting, Todd Wash has to say, hey, all hands on deck. Guys, put on your big boy pads. You're going to have to put uh, a, a tremendous amount of pressure on the running back. And the best way to stop Derrick Henry is to not let him get started. Penetration in this game will be critical because he's a strider, a big downhill running back. When he gets his momentum going, he's tough. The best way to stop those kind of backs, you got to get him in the backfield before they get it going. John, of course, now, if, if they do get that run game going a little bit against the Jags defense, then you got to watch out for the play-action game. And I think the Titans, guys, uh, they have some, some guys on the outside that can make plays in this offense and, and a quarterback that can get it to them when necessary. John, that's, that's something to watch out for, too. If everybody sucks in to stop Henry, 
here goes some, some throws over the top. Yeah, I spoke to Jim Wyatt, my counterpart in Tennessee, about this, and he made a good point. Because of the playoffs last year, everybody thinks this team is Derrick Henry, and I get that, but Corey Davis, Ryan Tanny, you know, they have the ability to throw, and there were games last year where they threw their way to victory. It's, uh, you can't just stop Derrick Henry. Now, for the Jaguars, that's the first step because they found out that if you don't, it's all over. So it's a double-edged uh, sword, if you will. And I do think that the Jaguars will do a better job stopping Henry. I've gone back to this point all week. When they got rolled the last three or four years up there, they didn't get rolled in the last game of the season in 17. But they got rolled three other times when their season was basically over. It's a lot harder to get going and tackle Derrick Henry when there's nothing on the line and all of a sudden it gets to be, well, what's going on anyway? Why bother? I don't think they're going to have that this week. I anticipate a much better defensive game from the Jaguars this week than three of the last four we've seen in Tennessee. Yeah, for, for first place on the line uh, this week overall in the AFC South. Uh, of those skill guys outside, who do you like the best for Tennessee? Bucky, Corey Davis, a guy like Humphreys, A.J. Brown, even the tight end, Jonu Smith can contribute there. You know, it's funny because it's tough. A.J. Brown and Jonu Smith are the guys. When you look at the tape, those are the ones that pop, especially when Ryan Tannehill throws off play action. It's A.J. Brown and Jonu Smith. Look, those two guys ranked in the top five in terms of yards after catch off play action a season ago. So we got to contain those guys if we want to have a chance. You commend a lot of bodies to the box, so you got to be able to hold up in one-on-one -on -one coverage. It's, uh, it's a challenge this week for the, the Jaguars' defense, but, you know, um, they came out and played well last week. Let's see if they can get a plan together for Derrick Henry uh, this week. Uh, these are, John, these are fun. This is what it's about, right? Battle for first place in the AFC South. Who would have thought this outside the building uh, a few weeks ago? Well, you said fun. I, I haven't had a whole lot of fun in Tennessee the last three or four years, JP, but I get your point. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, and it sure wasn't fun for the guys trying to tackle Henry, but overall, absolutely. Right. It, it's, uh, nobody or very few people outside the building thought this was going to be for first place. But I do think what I went back to in the last, in the last topic, the fact that they're going to Tennessee early in the season and not late, when it's cold, it's always cold in Nashville. It always feels like it's raining. It's always gray before the game. You know, that's no fun to play in if you're out of it. To me, the fact that this game is up there. Remember, the Jaguars won this matchup last year when nobody thought they would. So it's not like the, the Titans have owned the whole series. They've owned up there later in the season when it's over. I think this is going to be a much different game. I don't know that the Jaguars win, but I think this feisty adversity overcoming bunch that Doug Teep's talking about, I'd be surprised if they don't fight the whole game and make this interesting in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's funny. What do you, think, Bucky? John, you, you, you talk about that. You talk about gearing up for this and how tough it can be. I think the big thing is the change in mentality and the change in playing style, in my estimation. Physical. To build, deal with the Tennessee Titans, your team has to be committed to playing a physical brand of football. And it appears that the Jaguars are buying into Doug Marone's approach. This will be the test. This will let us know how physical the team is. But if they step up and welcome the physicality that the Titans bring, yeah, this certainly could be a game that is very, very competitive until the end. 
I'm just tired of seeing those drawstrings flapping off Henry's pants when he's running down the field and the hair thing flopping. We've seen enough of that over the last few years in highlight reels and on commercials on uh, an NFL Network uh, daily basis. Uh, let's come back. We will get to what the Jaguars will wear. Speaking of uniforms, this Sunday, Jimmy Luck joins us, head equipment manager for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Jags are launching predictive gaming exclusively in the Jaguars mobile app. Choose a bingo card, pick your favorite three players, and place wagers to win prizes. Check the games out on the mobile app now. John Osier will get his revenge on Jimmy Luck maybe in a moment. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Slot ride, move 42, hot, hot. A great quarterback is a true leader with a work ethic that never wavers and a desire to win that is second to none. We know a truck like that. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling truck 43 years straight. With impressive towing and payload, Ford F-150 makes tough jobs look easy. Visit your local Ford dealer for great offers on F-150, official truck of the NFL. Based on 1977 to 2019 calendar year total sales. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group every Wednesday. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier. And that music each week means it's time for James Carl Luck IV. Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager, joins us. Uh, Jimmy, good afternoon. Um, you've got some splaining to do to Mr. Osher, I think. Yeah, I, 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 that was a cheap shot. He couldn't defend himself. So I, I apologize, Zone. I, you know, it was. I, I enjoy our back and forth that we have and the fact that we weren't you know, together right now, you know, I just, I kind of missed it and felt like I needed to poke you a little bit. I'm sorry, John? what? <laughs> I, I was reading this, this incredibly fascinating, compelling book. And you know, you know what, Jimmy, you come at me a little bit. Here's my beef. Dad Henny was wearing this hat back in like 15 or 16. This is my last Jaguars hat. So you know what you know you know what before you point at me. I love Jimmy. I love me some Jimmy. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, so, can you, can uh, you turn here that we book are. around though? Is it just a picture book? <laughs> words, Jimmy. I'm sorry. I get another Real live shot. Words. My bad. There you go. There's words. Okay. All right. We'll, sorry, Brooks's JP. Name might even be in here somewhere. Run the show. Sorry. 
It's okay. No, I listen to you guys all day, uh, bicker back and forth. Uh, so, all right, Jimmy, a week one in the books, and now it's the first road trip. Uh, does anything change with you in terms of logistics? Uh, I know I'm going to talk to Hamza Ahmad a little later in the week about the travel situation, but in terms of COVID and everything going on, how different is that in your world? Um, it's a little different. We uh, like toiletries and stuff. We don't. We won't put out like uh, you know common deodorant and toothpaste and stuff like that. We'll have a bunch of like individually packed little um, like travel kits with all that in it. Uh, we'll do some extra cleaning on our own, um, like some spraying of the stuff where the players get there. But it's still pretty normal. I mean, it's, we're still playing football. You got to get everything set up and put out and and go and you know. So it's it, it'll be a It'll be a pretty normal trip, just with a few extra little things. What about um, the the feeling on the sideline Sunday, Jimmy? Um, no, the very, well, one of the only two places in the league with fans. First off, which was great. Yeah. Uh, but then the little adversity early, and things picked up as the game went on, and and they stuck it out for a win. That had to be a, a pretty happy sideline, I'm sure. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool out there. Um, you know, there's a couple times the fans actually got pretty loud um, for not having many people there. You could hear them there, uh, kind of in the third quarter. Things got kind of exciting. Um, you know, during warmups, it did kind of feel like that fourth preseason game. That you know, with not having many people in the stands. But once the game kicked off, you know, it felt pretty normal. Um, you know, and then when we you know actually played well, the fans reacted and. So it was cool. Like it wasn't too noticeable. Now I think it'll be definitely different this week uh, with having you know very little fans, even fewer. So that that may feel a little different this week. Yeah, no fans allowed in, in Nashville for the game this week. The Jags and the Titans coming up. Uh, is the uniform police still a thing before the game? Is that still a deal? And and how does a new player? We got so many young guys on the team, obviously. How do they adjust to something like that? It's uh yeah it's we still have the uniform police they uh, they go around and check pregame, uh, make sure everybody's wearing what they're supposed to, uh, no unauthorized logos and things like that. Um, they do a little presentation during training camp uh, that talks about a lot of that stuff and like the fine system if you're you know wearing something wrong or or whatever. And uh, the young guys like you know they now that they're getting paid they hear oh you get fined for not wearing that right then they'll go okay yeah we'll we'll, we'll wear it right. And then the vets will kind of get in their ears. Oh, no, don't worry about it. So it's, it's a little bit of a balance. Um, but most of the guys don't like giving away money. So, uh, so they'll, they'll, they'll pretty much listen. And we kind of get up a warning to them before. Uh, the, they'll give me a list with guys, hey, his knees are showing or, you know, he needs to pull his knee pads down or something. And we'll go around and tell them. And for the most part, they'll fix it. And as long as it's nothing crazy, they, they really won't get in trouble. Yeah, we've seen some in the past who – uh, you know what? Here's the fine, and here's the one for next week too. Uh, uh, let's get to this week's game, Jimmy. And what this is the the segment every week, where we present you present what the Jaguars will wear. So, if you would, sir, what will the Jaguars wear this Sunday at Nissan Stadium in Nashville? All right. So we're going with the uh, the white pants. Okay. And then we are wearing black jerseys. Uh, Ooh, the Titans are going to wear, you know, jersey. kind of unusual. Sometimes teams wear uh, white at home early, like we did, and so we get to to bust out the blacks and and you know who knows, it's probably going nice. to be Shark Week again. 
Could be. Yeah. It could be what we think, Johnny O. Love it. I like it. it. Have they worn that combination in Tennessee before, Jimmy? Ooh, yeah, you got me. Uh, I, the last couple times we've done Color Rush or like a mono up there. Right. Um, a lot of people were thinking we were going to wear the white jerseys and the black pants. So it kind of tricked them there a little bit. Change it up. You got to um, change something up up there. <laughs> Somebody sometimes so leaks it means... out, I think. I don't know. The, the, the Jaguar uniform tracker, he's pretty good on, on what we're going to wear. So I actually check with him first. <laughs> so this means Tennessee's wearing light jerseys then? Bucko. Yes, they'll, uh, they're wearing their white. Okay, white at home. Bucky, what do you think of that look, the black over white for the Jags? Man, I love that look. I love how clean the uniform is anyway. But, like, white on black, I think I think that's a winning combination. Good job, Jimmy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Way to go, Jimmy. Good job. <laughs> Good job. Uh, let's get another one this week, Jimmy. We appreciate your time as always, and we'll talk to you a little later, man. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Jimmy Luck got him a win last week with the white-on-white combination. Let's see if he can get him a win on the road this week. Uh, Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by Fields Cadillac of Jacksonville and Fields Cadillac St. Augustine, members of the Fields Auto Group. We're back in a moment, and we will play Big Game Jaguar. We will pick a Jaguar to have a big game, or we'll rename the segment. One of the two after this. This Jaguars happy hour on the Jaguars digital network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity pinpoint the official signage partner of the jacksonville jaguars helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand your company's identification advertising and even the words you use make an impression on your clients with pinpoint as your coach you can make sure it's a good impression pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group every Wednesday. And the Jags have introduced Jags at Home, an interactive second screen experience on Jags game days featuring Ashlyn Sullivan and Eric Dunn. Each Sunday, you'll have the chance to win $10,000 in cash and prizes. Visit jagsathome.com and enter to win and, and join every Sunday. And uh, by all accounts, everything went well on the first go, uh, go round for Jags at Home. So congratulations to everyone involved 
in the production of that program each Sunday. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier. It's time for Big Game Jaguar. This is where we pick a, a Jaguars player to stand out for the next week. The uh, Titans are next on the docket. Last week, let's review. Bucky had Joe Schobert. Johnny mm. O had Josh Allen. And I had James Robinson. So uh, I'll say, I think Bucky might have been the closest to spot on. What do you think? Maybe. The defense, the defense came through. We're going to get it right this week. I got a good feeling. <laughs> okay. I like that. Yeah, I thought so, my guy played okay. Let's... I thought Josh Allen played okay. He didn't have a sack, but he had some pressure. I mean, he's, you're yeah. always safe picking him. He's never going to have a bad game. That's a good point. That's an excellent point, considering the pick that's about to come up from yours truly uh, here in a few minutes. Uh, Bucky Brooks, who you got for us today? Okay, so we understand that we have to stop Derrick Henry. So that means C.J. Henderson is going to have a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. He showed last week that he could hold his own against T.Y. Hilton. I'm counting on the young fella to hold his own, because if he does it, it enables us to keep another defender in the box. Yeah, what a game he had last week in his debut. Five tackles, interception, three passes defense. He ended the game on the on the fourth down play on the, the sideline against Hilton. And remember, he left the game. He was out being evaluated for a concussion at one point, came back in the game and, and finished that way. John, that tells you a little something about CJ. I thought what struck me, he was sort of Doug Marone's approach personified in a way. And I keep going back to the, the series where he had the intercept. He gets beat early in that series by T.Y. Hilton. And if I remember right, he just turned him around. Well, the next play out, he gets a pass defense. Later, he ends the drive. Young players, and even any cornerback in this era, you're going to give up play. And they're so, it's so geared toward the pass now that you're going to look bad at times. It's going to be how you respond. He never missed a beat, comes back. I don't want to say he turned the game around, but they got the tying touchdown off his play. You know, he obviously has the mental approach of you've got to put the last play behind you. I thought that was really encouraging for him. Not necessarily that he had the stat, but that he was able to overcome getting beat early. That doesn't happen a lot for youngsters, Bucky. No, it doesn't. That resiliency playing on the island is tough to develop. And the fact that he had it in his debut performance, that bodes well. We'll see how he continues to act when, when people are targeting him. But right now, I feel really good about C.J. Henderson on the island. Okay, John, who do you have for big game Jaguar this week? I'm going with Miles Jack. And I, you know, I, I said all off season and I got emails telling me I was crazy. I even got an email early in the game telling me I was crazy. I thought his demise last year was the most overrated story on this team. His problems last year were trying to make up for others. He was fine at middle. He's better on the weak side. I said on Jaguars drive time this morning, he may have a Pro Bowl season. I don't know if he's going to go to the Pro Bowl because of all the popularity involved, but he looked big time the other day. I think he's going to be key. You know, he's a chase guy, so I don't know if that really fits stopping Derrick Henry. I just think most games out of the box this year, he is going to have big time games. I think he's going to be key in this game. At some point, he's going to start picking up big plays like he did in the playoffs in 17. Miles Jack 
is my pick to have a big game this week and to be maybe the breakout player, the comeback player of the year, whatever. I think he's going to be big time this year. Bucky, Doug Marone today said you could argue he was the best player on the field this past Sunday. I mean, I can't dispute it. He was all over the place. 11 tackles, one sack, three quarterback hits. Did a great job of just being disruptive and active. And the more that he settles back into his old position of being the real linebacker, the more plays we're going to continue to see Miles Jack make. All right, so Miles Jack is Johnny O's pick, C.J. Henderson for Bucky. I'm going to go with Josh Allen, you know. Um, as you said, John, it's never a bad pick when Josh Allen is your pick, but I think uh, for a few of those similar reasons. You know, he's going to be in there a good bit against that run. And, yes, I know they want him to, to rush the passer and do all that, but he's going to be out there in those key situations, too, when Derrick Henry on first and second down is, is running the ball at him. Let's see how he stands up. He's got the stoutness to do it, I believe. And uh, it's a big week for this Jags defense. So I'm going to go with Josh Allen. It's never a bad pick. I think that's the reason why, John. And this is a mammoth difference to me in past Jaguars teams against the run. Back when Telvin Smith was here, the Titans used to run right at him because he was a 175-pound linebacker. I'm exaggerating, but he said he was a light linebacker. <laughs> not by much. And he can go away. I'm exaggerating by much. Yeah, I'm not. It, it's not a secret that Unique was a much better pass, pass rusher than run defender, and Unique made plays in the run game, but he wasn't stout in the run game. Josh Allen is more, much more capable of, of playing big end type football. He's not the big end, but he is much stouter, much better against the run. You know, I think Miles is much better against the run than Telvin was, meaning much better to hold up. Those two spots, and Telvin wasn't here last year, but the point being, they're a bigger, more physical front, and I think that starts with Josh Allen. Yeah, they're thicker. I mean, the, the, to your point, yeah. John and, and Bucky, they're just bigger guys, and the big guys play football well for the most part if they can move and do all that, Bucky. Yeah, like you, you have to have big guys up front. You can't have guys that can get knocked around a pinball. And this team, the Tennessee Titans, will test – your ability to be stout at the point of attack. And so we will see. We felt like there were some improvements and upgrades, but now we'll see what that front line looks like. Can they hold their own? That is really the key to the game. Are they physical enough to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Titans? All right. So big game Jaguars in this week. C.J. Henderson is Bucky's pick. Miles Jack for Johnny O. And I've got Josh Allen. All defensive players because of that matchup against the Titans run game and that offense in Tennessee. Uh, one final thought here before we get going. Uh, we're going to introduce something fairly new here, Bucky. Curious about your thoughts on this. Uh, how? What was the biggest NFL story or performance in week one? What stood out the most to you and, and maybe who's the MVP of week one around the National Football League, of the games you watched? Well, if you had your ear to the street, there's been this movement in the Pacific Northwest talking about let Russ cook. And so the Seattle Seahawks let Russell Wilson throw the ball all over the yard, 31 completions out of 35 pass attempts, 350 yards, did a great job, had four touchdowns. This guy has been in the conversation for MVP for the last three or four years. This may be the year where he finally walks away with some hardware. Yeah, Wilson, the big numbers, John, and, and the development over the years is, is what's, you know, fascinating, too. And 
I know we're we're close to Pete Prisco, and early in in Russell Wilson's run as a professional player, Pete was on him a little bit, but he gave him credit that he's developed as the as time has gone on and has improved as a passer. John, well, he's what you have to do. It, it's it's much more possible as a young quarterback to win with your legs, running around, buying yourself time, but history shows that the legs only last so long in terms of your ability to get in trouble. The great ones change. He obviously can still get out of trouble with that, but he's, his field vision, everything you want, I agree. Everybody's talked about Lamar Jackson. Russell Wilson certainly has a chance to be MVP this year. He's certainly going to be in the conversation. It may be even a little overdue. Sometimes those MVP awards, mm-hmm. you get lost a little bit in it because there's only one of them to give out. He is an MVP caliber player. Yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks playing at MVP levels around the league, that's for sure. And uh, But yeah, good start for Russell Wilson, and uh, that'll do it for our show today. We've, we've got a division matchup on Sunday in Nashville, Tennessee, and Bucky, it's a big one. It's for first place. How do you see this game going? A physical, physical matchup as it usually is, I'm sure. Yeah, look, I, I think the Jaguars have a great chance to walk away with the win. The Tennessee Titans didn't play great against the Denver Broncos. The Broncos put some things on tape that I think Jacksonville can steal. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Jaguars pull off their second upset in the second consecutive week. 2-0 Jaguars going into a home Thursday night game, John. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, the key for this team all season, I don't think a team this young is going to have a whole lot of margin for error. I think the Jaguars have to play what they did against the Colts win turnovers 2-0, minimize penalties, and above all, they have to take advantage of opportunities. They were two for two red zone touchdowns last week. They also scored when they were at the 22-yard line. That's how you win games when you only have 240 yards, 250 yards total offense. This team's going to have to be opportunistic and be good when the situations call for it. All right, we'll see what happens. One o'clock Eastern time kickoff at Nissan Stadium, Nashville. For the Jags and the Tennessee Titans. Bucky, we will talk to you in the post-game show after the game with phone calls again. Let's do it. Let's do it after a win. That sounds great to me. Bucky, I will see you on Sunday. John, we'll talk to you a little later in the week. For our entire crew, I'm J.P. Shadrick. And thank you for watching. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Wednesday presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.